Everyone, I really, really wanted to be with you tonight on part two of studying the names of God, especially this foundational name of God, Yahweh. But you know what? I tested positive for COVID. So I can't be there. I want to be there, but I can't be there. But I know that's not going to take away from the blessing you're about to have because Pastor Craig Olson is going to be bringing the word tonight. And Pastor Craig is a blessing in so many ways. But let me tell you one. His mom, for my 65th birthday, made fudge for me. And Craig will tell you it's some of the best fudge ever. And that's how I'm testing whether I'm losing my taste or not. And guess what? Pastor Craig, you need to know this. I'm not losing my taste. Your mom's fudge is incredible. And uh, I just, that's personal. But anyway, right now, I want to ask you to join me in welcoming Pastor Craig. Uh, Chuck fibbed a little on the video. Yes, he does have COVID, but he said that my mom's fudge is some of the best. No, no, it is the best. And if any of you want to try and dispel that, you can come bring me your fudge and I will be glad to eat it. Uh, No, but seriously, uh, we want to say hi to everybody watching online. In fact, we would love to pray for Pastor Chuck that he would heal quickly. Anybody else who is sick, uh, down for the count right now, we want to pray uh, for them. So would you guys join me uh, in that? Father, we pray uh, for Pastor Chuck. We pray for others who are sick right now, Lord, who, uh, Lord, are, are down with, with COVID. Lord, I pray that um, you would bring them back up, that you would restore them, that, uh, God, that they would just have supernatural energy, God, that you would give them all that they need to beat it and uh, to be back and better than ever, Lord. And so uh, we just pray for your uh, healing over him and so many others, even people who couldn't be here tonight who are also watching online. We're praying for you as well. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask that um, you just continue continue to move tonight, and as we dive into your word tonight, God, I ask that you would just be worshiped, and that every word that comes from my mouth tonight would be exactly what you want to be heard here this evening, Jesus. We love you, and we thank you, and it's in your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, welcome to part two of week one of the names of God, where last week we talked about Yahweh, and I don't know about you, but there are some pretty heavy responsibilities that go along with adulting, right? You've heard of, not, not adultering, but adulting, like being an adult, right? You talk about some of these like big decisions that as an adult, you've gotta start figuring out some of these things. And truthfully, as you get closer to adulthood, these are some of the big questions, like who are my friends gonna be? And what's my first job gonna be? And what dress should I wear to prom? And what college should I go to? And all of a sudden, we're beginning to process all of these incredibly difficult situations. Who should I date? Who should I marry? And of course, maybe perhaps the biggest question of all that we have to decide almost every day of the week is in and out or Chick-fil-A. You know, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that from the beginning of time, God knew that Chick-fil-A needed to be closed on Sundays Because for all the amazing messages and everything that's learned on a Sunday, nothing would divide a household and a fight in the car like trying to decide whether you should go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday or not, right? So we got a pass there, right? You know, there was a heavy responsibility that was placed on my wife and I on June 17th, 2014, and it ties into this picture right here. Go back, go to the other one. There, that one! That's our daughter, Cammie, and Cammie was alerting the world that we were expecting our second child, and of course, by the colors that you see in here, we were going to have a boy, which we were all excited about, but guess what? 
another big responsibility. What do we name this thing? What are we going to name him? It's going to be a boy. We got to come up with this. Now, my wife and I, my name's Craig, starts with a C. My wife's name is Christina, also starts with a C. This is our daughter, Camden, also starts with a C. And so we feel like we kind of backed ourselves into the corner of, well, we're just going to be that family that has all the same letters. That's just what we're going to do. And honestly, we, we didn't really decide on it. We hadn't really made any decisions. We actually loved the name Camden and didn't decide that we would want to do that. And all of a sudden, we began to think about what name we would like to name our son. Now, naming something is a big responsibility, right? And I feel like we get a good practice at it when you get a dog. That's when you're like, all right, we get a warm-up just in case we mess up the name for the dog. At least we get the bad name out of the way and we give the kid the good name, right? Now, if you get the kid first, then you get the dog second. Who? I mean, it's anyone's guess. But truthfully, I think about like some of the names. Like, Have any of you up here had a responsibility for naming something? Like, a pet, a kid, like what, who, who's got one? Yeah, we, we've got lots of pets uh, and lots of kids, so <laughs> I've got to name lots of things. How many so. pets? How many pets do you have currently? Oh, gosh, we have three dogs, two horses, and two cats. You're running out of names, basically. I, I, they're all named Max. <laughs> Max one, <laughs> Max two. Sorry. Max <laughs> That's good. Well, who else? Who else has a significant, who else had to name something? Um, I had to name my three kids. Had to name your three kids. It's a, a lot of responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're thinking that this name, it's going to last, right? Names are going to last. Now, technically, can a dog change your name? No, you could change the name of it if you wanted to, but a, a person could technically change their name, but it usually doesn't happen. And so we think oftentimes that names are incredibly important. You see, the significant thing about a name is this, though. My wife and I, we were trying to figure out the name, and then we finally decided on it, that we would name our, we would name our son Cade with a C, because we needed to be that family now. So we were going to name him Cade, and that's what we were going to go with. And so we were all excited about it. But what's interesting is this, just because we picked a name didn't necessarily make the name more special automatically. There wasn't a Cade that was like particularly near and dear to us. It wasn't a family name. It wasn't something that we were like, oh, we have to carry on the Cade legacy. It was just a name that we liked. And truthfully, the name didn't really carry any significance. But you know when it started to carry significance? On November 18th, 2014, when a nine-pound, 11-ounce small man-child was born, <laughs> to which we gave him the name Cade. And it was that very first experience that I had in the doctor, in the hospital, uh, holding him, thinking, the name Cade is extraordinarily significant now because I've had an intimate experience with him, holding him in my arms. And the same is true for every other name that we come across, right? The same is true. Like the name Cade didn't have any, it didn't mean anything special to me until I had my own Cade and I held him. Who has an example of one where you think, you know what, there was a name that didn't mean anything and then once we picked this name, dog, wife, <laughs> uh, uh, child, what, whatever it might be, is there a name for somebody here that, you know what, this name wasn't significant for me early on, but it became significant. 
Yeah, uh, I might have upset some of y'all, I'm sorry, with this. But those names that there's like the same name, but they can be spelled differently, like Aaron, E-R-I-N, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, and stuff like that. I never, I never cared. I never cared until I married a Jordan. And, and she's J-O-R-D-Y-N, and I'm convinced now Jordan with a Y is 10 times better. I got a buddy, Jordan, Jordan Keith, in here. He was on the camera somewhere. Sorry, buddy. Your name is nowhere close to my wife's, yeah. okay? It's yeah. just better. It's just better. It's not spelled with a Y either. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's a great, that's a great example. That's a great, you, see, you see, there's something that happens when we, have a, when we have a significant experience with someone that has a name that we realize, Wow. This is way more significant and way more meaningful now. Last week, we kicked off this series, The Names of God, and we started to learn. Last week, last week we actually learned that God isn't, the word that we use today, God, isn't actually his name, right? Pastor Chuck did an incredible job when he said it would be like the equivalent to you yelling at somebody, hey man or hey woman. That's what that is the equivalent. Instead, we learned that Yahweh is actually one of the names that, of God that is used in the Old Testament. And throughout all of scripture, we see that God is actually known by 950 unique and different names and titles. And throughout the series, we're going to dive through at least seven of them. And we're going to continue in that tonight as we talk about Yahweh, part two. And if you remember from last week, Yahweh can actually be translated as Yahweh or Jehovah. And in, in Hebrew, the word, uh, the word it's Yahweh. In Greek, the, the, the word is ego eme, like not ego, not ego waffle, ego eme. And in English, it, it is I am that I am. And throughout all, of, uh, throughout all of the Old Testament, the word Yahweh shows up 6,828 times. And in your Bible that you are holding on to right now, or the app that you're looking at, every time you come across the word LORD that is in all caps, that's our English translation of the word Yahweh. In all caps, you see that word LORD, that is Yahweh. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at Yahweh in action, interacting with people from the very beginning, people becoming intimately acquainted with who he is, with the name of who God is, from all the way from Adam and Eve to the very beginning, onto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to Joseph, and then culminating into a powerful encounter with Moses that actually ends up being different than all the other rest, than all of the rest up to that point. And in Genesis chapter one, it opens like this. Look at this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word here is actually Elohim. It's not his name. It's who he is. It's what God is. And the basic meaning behind Elohim is one of strength, of power, of effect. That Elohim is infinite, all-powerful. And it only makes sense because he's literally creating the heavens and the earth. What it, it's what it's who he is, and here in Genesis we see Yahweh is the God who created all. Yahweh is the God who created all. God's name is used in relation to Adam and Eve. This indicates that Adam and Eve actually knew God by His name, the name Yahweh. And the first time Yahweh in our Bible into the English with the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which means Yahweh is in Genesis chapter two, verse four. Look at this, it says this. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God, Yahweh, had made heaven and earth. And then as we move forward, as you continue to read on with Adam and Eve, we see that they sin. We see that they make a decision. 
that they shouldn't have made. And what it does is it causes this massive gap in between them. And what's interesting is this, Yahweh actually comes to them. God actually comes to them. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. It says this, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden and in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And I think they might be right there. (laughs) Where are you? The the word uh, in verse 8, that word sound right there, is actually the Hebrew word kol. Kol, K-O-L, kol, it's actually Q-O-L, and uh, it actually means voice or message or proclamation or to call aloud. And here we have this first instance of them hearing God calling out to them, hearing Yahweh call out to them. This is the very first glimpse we get of this very personal God. Yahweh came to be with them and he called them. He called to them, but due to the choice that Adam and Eve had made, The relationship with Yahweh was broken because of sin. And here we see in this particular instance right here and what would continue from here on out till literally today and will continue on until Jesus comes back. We see people moving away from Yahweh, focusing on themselves, creating and choosing a massive eternal gap between us and God. So then we move from Adam and Eve on to Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, we see that Yahweh actually gives Abraham his calling. That Abraham, this is what I am going to go have you do. This is what I'm going to do in you and through you. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Now the Lord, Yahweh, said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and uh, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. So you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in uh, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. You see, what's happening here is God is beginning to renew people to a place where he could go from being a God they didn't know to a place now that they could actually know God. And he's beginning this restoration process. So you've got Abraham. And by the way, Abraham's story is unique because he had something that he was praying through. He had something that him and his, him and his wife Sarah really, really wanted and they were praying for a kid and they were calling out to God. God, we want this. God would eventually give that through their son, Isaac. And Isaac would actually begin his prayer journey as well, that he would call out to Yahweh. And in Genesis chapter 25, in verse 21, check this out. Isaac, the son of Abraham, said this. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And then you go from Isaac, that, answer, that prayer would be answered, and they would have twins, Esau and Jacob. And all of a sudden, you've got these twins, Jacob and Esau, and they're fighting, and they're bickering, and they have an incredible, incredible story found in Genesis, and all of a sudden you've got Jacob who has to now flee from his brother Esau, who was alone and afraid, and he comes into, wait for it, the presence of Yahweh. You see, what's beginning to happen is Yahweh is inescapable. Have you ever felt like everywhere you call out and everywhere you go, you feel like God's just not there? And here we see, right at the beginning, narrative of Scripture we see, call, we see people calling out to Yahweh, saying, God, 
Do you hear me? God, do you see me? Do you see my affliction? Do you see my pain? Yahweh would actually call to Jacob in a vision and he makes a promise to him. Look at Genesis chapter 28, verses 15 through 17. It says, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised for you. Jacob's actually dreaming in this moment and he, and he would awake from his sleep and he says this, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. God is in this place and I didn't know it. How many times could we say that about ourselves? God was in this thing and I missed it. God was with me when my marriage was rocky and I missed it. And now we have an irreconcilable marriage. I missed it. Raising kids was hard. And I had moments where I felt like I should have prioritized my kids. And I missed it. Maybe you find yourself in that right now. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? My marriage isn't what it should be. You know what? I haven't been connecting with my kids in the way. I've been shuffling other priorities above them. My job, it's been rough. I haven't been productive. I wake up every day and I just don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And somehow you feel like God's just, God just wants me to be faithful and you call out to him. Don't miss him. Jacob awakes from his dream and he says, surely the Lord's in his place and I didn't know it. How often do we miss that? What would it look like if you didn't miss that next call in your life? What would it look like if you didn't miss that next movement of the Lord in your life? Verse 17, he was afraid. He woke up and he was petrified. He was scared out of his daylights. And he says, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. You see, another thing that Jacob recognized was this. Jacob recognized that it would be his faith that he would have to dive into. It would have to be his decisions that he would have to make. It would have to be his resolve for what he thought about who God was. And he came from a rich line of people. His grandpa, Abraham, that guy was the father of many nations. This guy was incredible. This guy had descendants as numerous as the stars. And it couldn't be his grandpa's faith. It couldn't be his dad's faith, Isaac. This needed to be his faith. And I wonder how many of us are walking around, we're just in this trance of like, oh, I'm just doing the same old, same old. I'm coming to Sundays because it's what I'm supposed to do and I'm trying to make my spouse happy. I'm coming to Wednesdays because I feel like it's just what I'm supposed to do as well. But I'm not, I'm not in it. When are you gonna be in it? You see, Yahweh personally called out to Jacob. He personally called out to Jacob, and Jacob had one of two choices. It was listen and obey, or it was not listen and disobey. And how many times are we missing that? How many times are we missing that call that God says, I want you to be all in. I want you to be all in. I want you to trust me. Don't you trust me? Do you see the things that you've walked through in your life that I've sustained you every single time? That you have actually declared, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. 
There's a lot of things that we could look at that could determine whether we're choosing to be all in, that we're choosing to listen and obey. Because the reality is partial disobedience is still full disobedience. Delayed disobedience is still full disobedience. And I wonder, I wonder how often we find ourselves being held back from truly living God's extraordinary plan for our life all because we think there's just this one thing that's lacking. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to jump into a ministry. I got all these other things that are weighing me down, that are bogging me down. I can't do that. Tithing, are you serious? I can't do that. We're barely making it, we're barely making ends meet. Why in the world would I give to God first? Surely God's in this place. Surely God is showing up in different areas of your life and he is demanding not even demanding. He is saying, just, just trust me. Trust me. Yahweh personally called out to Jacob, and it's either listen and obey, or it's not listen and disobey. And the same is true for us. Yahweh is calling out to you. And I don't know what he's calling out to you. I don't know the things that you're wrestling through. I don't know the things that are troublesome. I don't know the areas of mistrust you do you know what those things are surely God is in this place surely God is going to continue to be everywhere you turn you see Yahweh wants to fulfill great and awesome promises in your life he did for Jacob Jacob's name would actually be changed to Israel talk about names and how they're so significant God God had a history throughout scripture of changing people's names he actually had 12 sons and went down to Egypt and Joseph was one of those sons Joseph was one of those sons that God used to help rescue the nation of Israel to go rescue his brothers to go ahead and to be provision for those that would be hurting and the brothers missed it they tried to sell off their brother Joseph and they got rid of him and it would, be, it would be over a decade later when they would encounter him, not even knowing it was him. And what's incredible is this, Joseph's journey, Joseph's journey, the Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph, not Joseph, the adoptive father of Jesus, but the Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph, that guy, you talk about valleys and, and lows, you talk about peaks and valleys, you talk about the highs and lows in his life. He went through it. In Genesis chapter 39, finds himself in prison, wrongfully accused, thrown into prison. And there's three specific examples that lead with this particular sentence. Look at Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 and 3. It says this, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. I bet for a lot of us, we would love to come up here and we love to white out the name Joseph and write our name in right here. The Lord was with Sam. The Lord was with Rebecca. The Lord was with John. I would venture to guess that every single one of us, this is what we crave right here. But don't miss him. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. You see, Joseph got sold into slavery. He got sold into slavery, and he got purchased he got purchased in, he got uh, picked up by Potiphar, and he actually became the second most powerful in the land of Egypt. And it says this, now his master saw that the Lord was with 
him? How true is it in our lives that we discover or that other people see, wow, the Lord's really with that person? Honest assessment, would people say that about you? That they would look at the way that you carry yourself, they would look at the way you treat your spouse, they would look at the way you treat your children, they would look at the way you show up to work every day faithfully and you complain without grumbling like scripture says and people would say, wow, the Lord's really with that person. Or would people be shocked if they found out that you were here tonight? That person goes to church? That's not any church I want to be a part of. I wonder how often that's true of us. The Lord was with him and how the Lord caused, this is what he says, the master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he would do uh, would prosper in his hand. There's actually three other spots in Genesis chapter 39 that would indicate that the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was, uh, was, re, was a recipient of God's favor and blessing. And through listening to Yahweh, Joseph rescued Egypt and was able to protect Egypt while being able to rescue his brothers to bring redemption. But eventually Joseph would die. He would pass away. And still under still in the midst of slavery under the oppressive Egyptian rule, the Israelite population began to multiply and it began to grow. And all of a sudden, they began to be a threat to the Egyptians. And Pharaoh sees this and says, we gotta stop this. We gotta put an end to this. And so Pharaoh actually ordered the murder of all newborn baby boys, all Israelite baby boys, and they were gonna be tossed into the Nile River. All the baby girls, they could live but they wanted to see this population begin to become extinct. And there was a couple from the tribe of Levi who were pregnant and gave birth to a baby boy. And they defied that law and they sent their baby down a river in a basket in hopes that he would survive because they thought, there's no way I'm doing this. There's no way I'm gonna throw my baby into the river. Maybe he'll have a chance of surviving. Maybe he'll get picked up and put in the right hands. Well, you better believe that he got picked up into the right hands because this was God's plan, not their plan. And so this baby was picked up out of this basket and the person who picked it up was actually one of Pharaoh's daughters. And so this baby boy who would go on to be named Moses would grow up in the house of Pharaoh and one day he's out there and he begins to see the cruelty that's happening to his Israelite people. And he gets so mad that he goes out there one day and he murders with his bare hands an Egyptian. So now you've got this murderous runaway and he takes off and he runs to this place called Midian and he meets Ruel, which is one of the priests, one of the high priests, and he actually marries one of his daughters. And tending to his flock one day, Moses' eye is caught by this burning bush. And I love what it says in scripture in Exodus chapter three. Moses sees this thing and he goes, huh, that bush is burning, but it's not burning. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. And I love it. It says this. Moses says, I ought to go check that out. I love how matter of fact scripture is sometimes. It's just so fun. And he just says, huh. It's like being in a room all by yourself and there's a button that says, don't push. And you're like, I just got to. So he goes and he checks it out. And as he gets closer, God is in that burning bush. And he says, Moses, stop. Don't come any closer. The ground that you are standing on is holy ground. Yeah. And he takes his sandals off and he realizes, oh my, this is, 
this is, this is Yahweh. This is the God. This is the God that I've heard about from my ancestors. This is the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. I better listen to him. Why? Because he is in this place and I ought to respond to him. And all of a sudden, God's got this incredible, incredible uh, command for him. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and you're actually going to lead your people out of slavery from Egypt and you're going to be free and you're going to lead them. And he's like, no, I'm not. You got to be kidding me. And he says, no, you're going to. And he says, well, if I say that God tells me to, I got to go back to my Israelite people and they're going to say that, they're going to be like, well, well which, which God told you to do that? Which God told you to do that? In fact, look at Exodus chapter three, verses 10 through 15. It says this. It says, therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, whoa, 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 who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12, I think. There we go, or 13. Then Moses said to God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel and I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. Now they may say to me, well, what's his name? There were a lot of gods back then. And they're like, well, which, who, who are you talking about? Did you eat a bad burrito or did you actually get a word? Like, what, what's happening here? And so he says, well, what shall I say to them? And he says this. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I don't know how many times I've read that and I've got like the who's on first thing going through my head. I'm like, wait, the I am. Like, tell me more about that. Tell me more about what that whole thing is about. Like who, the I am is sending you? Then it says this, God furthermore said to Moses in verse 15, he says, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial, name to all generations. And this is it. This is Yahweh. And this is the first time that we see something remarkable happen. It didn't happen with Adam and Eve. It didn't happen with Abraham. It didn't happen with Isaac. It didn't happen with Jacob. It didn't happen with Joseph. This is the thing that's different. You ready for it? Why is Yahweh telling Moses his name so significant? What makes it different? If you were to skip ahead to Exodus chapter three, or Exodus chapter six, verse three, this is what it says. It says this, I appeared to Abraham, this is God talking to Moses. He says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I did not make myself known to them. Now this word right here, known, uh, where is it? Right there, this word known right here, actually shows up for the first time that we see God having an encounter with someone in scripture up to this point. And that word known in the Hebrew is the word yada. Yada, and it means to know by experience. It means that Moses is going to go back and he is going to tell them that I am sent me to you. Why do I know this? Because I know him. I had an experience with him. You see, his name was just Yahweh to me. I knew about the stories that I heard throughout my lifetime and that I read about and that I heard about and that were passed on to generation to generation and passed down to me. But the only way that I actually truly know this is because I experienced him. It's the only way that I know this. And then if you jump down four verses into verse seven, it says this. It says, then I will take you for my people and I will be your God and you shall know 
that I am the Lord your God. And how do we know this? It's only by experience. It's only by truly choosing to experience Yahweh. It can't be because your grandpa one day experienced Yahweh. It can't be because one day that your mom experienced Yahweh. It can't be because your boyfriend experiences Yahweh. It can't be because your son or daughter experiences Yahweh. It can only be truly experienced if you experience it for yourself. Truly. And the great I am, he is calling out to you. He called out to Adam and Eve. He called out to Abraham. He provided a vision to Jacob and a promise to fill, fulfill his promises. He called out to Moses, but Moses, and Moses experienced God. He had yada with God. He actually experienced, but it didn't end with Moses. This wasn't just a one-time thing, and it's like, oh, that was really nice. I wish I would have lived in that moment during that time or perhaps even been Moses. You see, God actually upped the stakes when he sent his son Jesus to this earth so that you and I would not just know of him or only know that he exists, but that we could truly experience him, that you and I would actually truly know him. Not that, oh, I know he exists. I know that he, I know there's some stuff in scripture that shows up and I'm, I'm like following these rules because it's the nice thing to do. I know that I'm supposed to do these things and Moses goes back to his people and he goes, we're missing it. You see, I had an experience and I wonder how many times we are missing it because we're not choosing to dive into an experience, a real encounter with Jesus. And then in John chapter 8, a powerful moment happens. Jesus is talking to a bunch of Pharisees. They're trying to figure out who this guy is. And he hits them with something. And he says this. He says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. I am. Ego and me, I am. You see, God is calling you today to go beyond just knowing of him or knowing about him or even just believing that he exists. Even Satan believes that he exists. And God's calling you further out into that to go experience him. You may know his name, but you've never experienced him. You may know that you walk in here and you're gonna get the God and you're gonna get the Jesus and you know that's the correct answer to about 95% of church questions, but you've never experienced him. You've never experienced his freedom. You've never experienced his forgiveness. You've never experienced his peace. You've never experienced his comfort, his care, his redemption, his grace, his mercy. You've never experienced his love. And the thing that's holding you back is because you're up here and it's not hitting here. And in a room this size, I have to believe that there's some people that have walked in here that have said, you know what, I know, I know God exists. Yeah, I know he's real. Yeah, I know his name but there's been no yada with God. There's never been an experience with God. 
And I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what's causing you to be fearful. And I want to acknowledge that there's a lot of things that can stand in our way. And I'm not pushing those fears aside saying, how dare you? That's, that's, not, that's not this posture at all. But I stand up here today saying this, that from a personal experience in my life, I had a season of my life where there was no yada with God. There was no experience. I knew all the answers. I grew up in church. I knew all the right answers. I went to all the camps. I never missed a Sunday. I went to midweek Bible study. I did all that. And yet there would still be a season in my life where there would be no yada. And I look at what my life was like during that point and I look at my life when I decided, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm tired of missing it. I'm tired of showing up week in and week out. And I know God is here, but I missed him again. And this is on me. I'll never forget the moment that I just decided that I would just give it all back to him. It had been a year of being in college and I did three things. I went to school, I went to work, and I went home. That's all I did, those three things. And I was the loneliest person in the world. Had no friends. But there was something inside of me that knew where I needed to go. And I would bet for a lot of you in here today, tonight, you would say the same thing. I know exactly what I need to do. I'll do it next week. That's been months. I'll do it next week. I'll do it once I finally like kind of get some stuff figured out. Like I'm still, I'm still, I'm still showing up and I'm not, a, I don't want to like fully get, I feel like I got to get my life right first. The Bible says that the, the well don't need a doctor, the sick need a doctor. The ones that show up and we're hurting, this is the place to be. I don't want you to miss him tonight. I don't want you to miss him. Maybe you showed up tonight and tonight was feeling very much sort of just in the, we're just going through the motions again. We're just gonna do this thing over and over again. And I know I'm supposed to be here. I like to be a box checker. I'm doing my thing. I'm getting my God. I'm doing this. I'm doing this, but nothing's penetrating. It's all just sitting up here and it's not connecting to here. And I wanna encourage you tonight that if it's been sitting up here for a while and it needs to connect down here, let God have his way with you. He can be trusted. We can go through and look at Adam and Eve and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses, and we're just getting started about his incredible faithfulness to his people. And if you're already one of God's children, you know that. But maybe you walked in here tonight and you're like, you know what? I've been kicking the tires of faith for a long time. I've been resistant for a long time. I've been checking things out for a while, sitting in these chairs, sitting at home. I've just kind of been dabbling. God's here. 
He's always been here. And tonight, I want to give you that opportunity to say yes to him, to say, God, I want to go beyond just knowing that you exist. I want, to know, I want to go beyond just knowing these things about you. I want to go beyond just knowing your name, and I actually want to experience you. I actually want to do that. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes with me? God, I pray for the person in here who walked in and just said, you know what? I didn't even want to come tonight. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to come, but I didn't really have anywhere else to go. I kind of didn't want to go home and just kind of kind of show up and go through the motions. I pray for that person, Lord. I pray that you would appeal to their heart. I pray that you would soften it. I pray that you would give them a boldness and a courage that they've never experienced in their life before. God, I pray for the marriage in here that is just broken. I pray for the marriage. Lord, there have been conversations for weeks, maybe even months. Is this it? Is this the end? Are we just gonna tap out and be done? And maybe one of you or even both of you have been able to talk about who God is, but you've never experienced him. That you're clinging, you're looking for hope, you're trying to grab onto something real, and maybe this is the experience that you need to have with the Lord tonight because he is surely in this place. Maybe you're a young single person in this room tonight and these last couple years have been brutal. And maybe you've been trying to rely on your knowledge of who God is. Maybe you've been trying to correct answer your way through these difficult times. But there's been something that's been holding you back of truly experiencing Yahweh, of truly experiencing God. I hope that you would say yes to him tonight. So God, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that you would continue to speak, that you would continue to minister to people. God, I don't know the things that are happening. Most everybody in this room doesn't know what's happening in other people's lives, but God, you do. And you are the same God that desires an experience with each of your children. And so I pray for the person tonight that they would give their life to you, that they would say, God, I'm ready for that experience. I've been, I've been saying no for a long time. Or maybe you've said yes to God before and it's been a long time since you have been on that right path with the Lord, that you haven't been walking with him, that you've just been relying on this head knowledge and there's nothing that's been coming from your heart. And so I pray for every person in this room, God. If you want to say yes to him, if you want to experience that real experience with him, that you want to experience that yada with God, that you know him because of experience, that you've walked with him, I want to give you that. I want to invite you to walk with him now. And the way that we do that around here is we pray a prayer. We call out to God and we say, God, Yahweh, I'm done doing it my way and I'm ready to do it your way. I'm done being my own God. I'm ready to submit myself to you, Lord. I'm ready to give my life to you. I'm ready to open up my heart to you. I'm done trying to wrestle with this head knowledge and I'm ready to open up my heart to you, God. 
And if that's you in this room, I invite you to pray this prayer with me right where you're at. You can pray it silently. Repeat this prayer after me if you wanna say yes to him or you wanna come back to him. Pray this, say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I'm ready to do it your way. So here I am. I open up my life to you. I open up my heart to you. Say those words, say yes. Yes, God, yes, I want you. I want the life you have for me. Fill me with your love. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Amen if you made that decision. Thanks again for joining us. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we hope you'll text AMEN to 77247 so we can provide you with the resources to help you on this journey. If this message resonated with you or you need prayer for something, would you let us know in the comments below? Our team reads every comment that comes through and we love interacting with you. If this message added value to your life, click the subscribe button and turn on post notifications so that you'll never miss out on a new message. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. right here online and Sundays at 9 a.m. and on demand anytime after that. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.